Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. An 87 year old lady on a trolley in hospital for over 32 hours. That's only one of the many stories coming into us about the trolley situation in our hospitals at the moment. And Carl Dawson is a presenter of Weekend Breakfast on 98FM and Carl's with me here in the show today because, Carl, your granny is in is currently in hospital. Will you tell us her story, please? Yeah, yeah. hi there, Andrea. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Not too bad. Um, so Nan went into hospital by ambulance on Monday. Uh, at about half past one, so um, it's it's now Wednesday, uh, around the same time that she went in a couple of days ago, and she's still on a trolley. Um, you know, she's eighty-seven. Uh, it was a struggle to get her to go to the hospital in the first place because she's a stubborn granny, as as most of them are. But um, she's just been she's been in a, a trolley in, in triage since she got there, and uh, the staff in the hospital, I have to say, are so attentive, but they they just can't give what what they don't have. Um, and that's a bed to admit her. Now, she's been told today that she will get a bed, but she was told that last night as well, and it's just something that they, they kind of can't guarantee. You know, so since she's kind of got in, she's she's barely slept. You know, there's obviously a severe lack of privacy as well, and especially somebody who's feeling vulnerable at 87. Um, she is getting, you know, treatments, but obviously not the, the treatment that she, she should be getting if she was admitted into into a bed. Um, and it's just, it's just, it just feels like the forgotten crisis, really, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's something that's ongoing. It's something that, you know, it doesn't like people don't really talk about unless somebody related to them or 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 that they know that are going through it. And then, sure, when they're out of hospital, life goes back to normal. People forget about it, and people don't talk about it until the next time it comes up. But you know, if if it's bad now during the summer when COVID is is kind of at a stable number, what's it going to be like? in the winter what's it going to be like for the next pandemic like what have they done to to help the situation to stop putting you know elderly and vulnerable people on trolleys in, in a hospital like it, it just feels like something that we were talking about five years ago mm. ten years ago but it's something that transfers from government to government and nobody seems to do anything about it you know when when she was going in I originally I had a friend who uh, who's a doctor and I texted her and I said look my nan's going into to A&E, do you know anybody in the A&E department that can finally keep an eye out for her? And my friend who's a doctor said that uh, all her acquaintances in the hospital have all emigrated because they they just they can't take the, the stress, they can't take the, 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 the lack of, of the decent pay, all the, all the, and these people are nurses. Um, you know, and, that, and that's why there aren't any beds, because there are no staff to, to man the beds to look after people, you know? Um, mm. And it's just, it, the worry is that the longer she's there, you know, she, she could get sick from something else. She could pick up something else. She could develop, you know, something from from her existing illness as well. So, and how, you know. how Carl? How is your granny's condition? Uh, she's they're looking after her really well. Um, only one of us are able to kind of go into her at any given time. So, you know, um, my mum is my mum and my aunt have kind of been up there mainly to to look after her because you know has to be one of the girls kind of stuff. You know, um, she she's all right. She's uncomfortable. She hasn't really slept. You know, she didn't. She hasn't really been sleeping since Saturday, when when kind of the, the issue started. Um, she hasn't been eating a lot, so you know, and she's just uncomfortable. Um, you know, so it, like the the struggle was to get her to go to the hospital in the first place, mm. and this was one of the reasons why she didn't want to go. You and know, you're and sa- I know, I can imagine, in, in your family's probably you know saying yeah. to her like, well, "Look, it'll be fine." To hear, and then- to hear somebody you love say that 
they'd rather die at home than be stuck on a trolley in a hospital with strangers. You know, that's not an easy thing to hear mm. at any point in your life. You know, so it, there was that as, as well. Now, thankfully, whatever they're doing, and, and, they, they, and I have to say the staff, like, they're, they're so busy. Like, they, they have not stopped. Oh, sure, um, I know. I they're, know. They're, they're doing so um, much work and they're really looking after. So it's not the staff's issue. It's not the staff's fault. No. So um, she went in She went in on Monday and we're now lunchtime Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. And there's no no end in sight. Is there, there's been no phone call made this morning to say it looks like it's going to no, happen today. Like I was talking to my mum about an hour ago um, who, who'd been there pretty much on and off since Monday evening at 10 mm. o'clock. Um, she, she hadn't you know, she hadn't. She she's not eating because, you know, the, the staff in the hospital didn't allow to give food to people who were visiting, and so we'd be kind of bringing up stuff to her. But, you know, the way you are in the hospital, you don't you don't think about eating. You, you know what I mean? You don't do those things. So she she told me that, you know, the doctors have been going around and that she she should get a bed today, at some point. You know, um. But I mean, again, it's not the, like the doctors don't know when a patient is going to be well enough to free up a bed. It's the whole knock-on so, effect and the step-down service and, you yeah, know, people in be- in hospital that, you know, should be yeah. back in community, you know, or at home or, oh, the whole, the, the whole know, cycle like, continues, you know. We knew that, that this was bad before the pandemic and then when the pandemic came, you know, it, we realised how bad it was because they were they were panicking about the lack of beds and now the pandemic has eased Well, there was off. nobody in trolleys. We had no trolley crisis yeah. at all. All we needed was COVID, you know, the, the, the COVID was the end, the, the trolley yeah. crisis effectively, you know. Yeah. A text in here from a listener who says, my mother is on a trolley for 34 hours. Um, she's a dementia patient, but when she got a bed, it was five days before they actually administered uh, tablets to my mum. Yeah. Uh, Michael yeah. is joining us as well, Carl. Stay with us. Michael is yeah. on the line because, Michael, you were actually left waiting on a chair. Tell us your experience. Yeah, it was um, 2018. I uh, went to Connolly Hospital in, in Blanche. Uh, it pains me chest. It, it turned out to be uh, gallstones. I got a sonogram uh, during, during the night and, and they said that. So just to get, uh, you know, just to make sure it wasn't any heart issue. But uh, yeah, 23 hours on a chair. Um, went in on a Monday night, Monday evening, 9 o'clock. So 23 hours on a chair. But what was worse was a fellow sitting beside me. And he had a heart condition, and his his heart was swollen, he was told. And his two legs were, like, swollen, and he was in the chair beside me for 20, 21 hours. Now, he attempted to walk out of the hospital, because every time he went up, he said, give me a trolley, give me something. He says, I, I need to sleep. So, eventually then, he threatened this for about six hours, and he walked out the door, and a few uh, nurses and doctors went out, dragged him back in, and they gave him a trolley. So, that's, that's how he got his... Now, I got mine, I got a trolley for five hours after sitting on a seat for 23 hours. And then they woke me up around six in the morning uh, and said, that, sorry, but we need, the, we need the trolley back because there's someone sicker than you. So they put me back in the seat in a different part of the hospital. Now, they said they were going to try and get a bed for me. Sorry, Michael, what kind of a seat was it? Just a regular chair. Just a chair. Just the regular chair, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I was sort of danger. Any, you know, I figure it's just gallstones. I'm, I'm okay. You know, I'd be pretty patient that way. But and I just, just sat there, and they kept, they kept coming over to me, giving me pain. Cause the pain was awful. I mean, for the gallstones, if anyone got it, it's just you're just dancing around the floor. That pain, just it was about fourteen, fifteen hours of just constant pain, and and the painkillers were giving me were doing no good. And the doctor that took me in for a few minutes and said, "Listen, uh, we were going to." Uh, do our best to get a bed for you and get that gallbladder out ASAP. Like, 
basically put it on the bottom of the of the sheet as origin. And um, Boris, uh, yeah, so I got the trolley 23 hours later for about uh, five or six hours, and the nurse said, uh, we need the trolley back, uh, put me back in the seat on a different part of the hospital. Wednesday, now that was Monday I went in, so Wednesday evening, an Irish doctor came up to me, red-haired guy, and he says, uh, I got a beat to come down and see you. He says, he says, are you are you here since Monday evening and you're, st- and you're on, on a chair? I said, yeah. And it was still a lot of pain. Every two or three hours, the pain would come at me and they give me more painkillers. Mm-hmm. really wasn't doing much good. And he said, um, he just couldn't believe it. He's like, uh, hey, let me look into this. And eventually, in two hours later, they said, listen, we can't get you to bed. You have to go home. And I said, well, it, they said I need the skull bother out immediately. And they said, yeah, it's down the bottom of the, the, the sheet saying origin. And he went home. Uh, the pain didn't kind of eased off and didn't really come back um, that badly until I got the procedure done. But they called me six months later from the hospital and said, um, do you still want this procedure done? And I said, yeah. So they said, OK, we'll call you and let you know when that's going to come up. Uh, call me again six months later. Anyway, I waited 19 months to get the procedure done, and it was done during COVID. So they got a cancellation. Someone wasn't getting the procedure done for some reason, and that cancellation, they were able to get me in on that April, I think, uh, 2020. That's for you. And only for that, got me COVID test and all, and only for that cancellation from someone else. That was 19 months waiting. But, um, yeah, and that wasn't, that's, the only, that's not the only one. I mean, I waited 23 months to get a hernia uh, procedure. And that wasn't done right the first time. I had to get, go back in and get it done a second time. Um, so you're in the public system, uh, I mean, I lived in the States for 11 years back in the 80s. And I know then the conversation was what type of uh, health cover you had, not the wages you were on, what type of health cover. And that's the way it is now. If you don't have private insurance, you're, uh, you're in trouble. You, you well, I mean, your system. experience of it's, it's not even just waiting, you know, for a bed and waiting on a trolley. You're actually stuck waiting on a chair. And, and it's the amount of hours as well and the, the length of time too, Michael, that you had to experience that. Carl, just um, what kind of, how, how is your granny's form? Um, she's just exhausted, Andrea, to be honest. Um, she's fed up. She's, she's just, you know, she, she, wants, she wants to go home, obviously, but she, she can't at the moment until, until they, they said they can't give her the, the last of antibiotics that she needs until she gets into a bed, you know. So they have been they have been treating her, but uh, as far as I know, they I haven't know. given her the the one hundred percent of what she needs at the moment until she gets gets the bed. Well, you know, listen, s- send send your gran our, our wishes, you know, Carol, and I hope I hope um I hope you, you you get some good news today, and you know that a bed can be found because I can imagine for you and and your mum and your aunt and all and the whole family, it's you know it's it's worrying and it's stressful, and you know you mentioned your granny's eighty seven years of age, so I hope you I hope you do get some good news at some point today, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Keep in touch with us, Carol. Listen, thanks a million for for joining us here today on the program, and, and Michael as well there too for for sharing uh, your experience with us. Um, if you do want to get in touch with us, as always, drop us an email. It's just lunchtime live at newstalk.com. That's all we have time for though on the program today. You can listen back to any of the show. You can get us. It's on uh, the Newstalk app. Just subscribe there to Lunchtime Live. Tom Dunn is in for Sean next. My thanks to the production team, Michael Killigan and Sound producers, D King and Heather Blackburn with research by Ross Leahy and Roisin Davis. I'll be back Lunchtime Live at midday tomorrow. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.